Welcome to episode 57 of the Inside Jogging Podcast. We managed to come back for a second week and just like old times, it's a big week to go through. I know that's Josh's favourite saying. We've seen the fastest ever marathon debut by a woman in Amsterdam, while another Kenyan bites the dust with the 2021 Boston Marathon champ becoming the 23rd Kenyan this year to receive a doping ban. There's plenty of results from closer to home to catch up on with the return of cross country in Cardiff and the great South Run all happened over this weekend gone. There's all the usual nonsense as we recap our running weeks. We've got some listener questions to talk through. Shane might go deep into some Instagrammers. But before we go into all of that, in a week that saw supermarket chain Lidl told to destroy its copycat lint chocolate bunnies, let me welcome to the show our much-loved 217 man, whose former lint-loving coach has destroyed all trace of his running career this week. How's life in the big smoke, Josh? Yeah, all good, all good. We had a bit of technical difficulty, so... Intro number two, but we're, we're good now. Should we just you know go, what? Should we discuss guys here quickly? I was about to say, do you know what I'm, I'm quite upset about? He didn't offer us any of that kit before he sold it. I'd love some of them bottles. 150 quid for a pair of oh, dragonflies, a pair of vaporflies, a pair of Adios Pros, another training shoe, some Morton. Yeah. That, that was a bargain. He he should have donated to the show and we could have done a uh, like one of those tombola things. <laughs> yeah, he always prom- he always promised a prize. <laughs> anyway, so Josh is in Josh is in, in London in an undisclosed location, um, having problems with his Wi-Fi. So if he cuts out, we'll just talk over him. I can't believe in London the signal's bad. You were thinking of all the places in the country, it should be. It's all that smog. Anyway. <laughs> I've had a few listeners get on to me this week about giving our other co-host a proper intro. So let me welcome to the show the only man can run a decent 1500, a decent 5k, but still can't convert to a 3k. And the man whose tattoo reads, the present is well out of hand. Welcome to the show, Shano. How are you doing? Oh, I'm very good, uh, especially after that intro. Well, I actually forgot what your tattoo said, so I had to go quickly look. So you've been, what's just spending the last uh, hour looking at pictures of me with no top on, or? Well, I thought that would be step one, but step two, just ask Ronnie Wilson, and he knew straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good backup. That's a fantastic intro. Um, you've you've really done me proud there. Um, I'm quite proud of my three K performances, to be honest, though. So. So you broke eight forty once with an eight thirty nine. 0.95. You must have gone quicker, Maybe. quicker through three k in, in numerous five k's. Uh, yeah, probably. I think four or five times in a five k. I, I think I nearly did it in a ten k once. And those three k's you you did, they were all out efforts as well. When you were pretty fit, some of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think my best three k performance actually. I think I ran about eight forty one, eight forty two at Stretford. Uh, it was like a storm. I was in great shape then. Good. Right. <laughs> Let's jump straight into the training weeks. I don't think you've been up to much. So why don't you go first, Shane, and talk through your last seven days? Last seven days. 
Um, what what training? Okay. Right. Well, I've got my little spreadsheet open. So going back to Monday, obviously coming off the back of last week, I had a, probably yeah my highest highest volume week. So I wanted to really back that up this week. That was the plan. So I had plans of a, a higher volume session on a on the Tuesday just to get mileage in the bank early doors. I start with Monday, 70 to 75 minutes easy. Uh, what did I do? I did 10 miles at an average of 721, so about standard pace. Um, I've made no comments on that run, so it must have been fairly uneventful. Next day was going to be the high volume session. So the original plan was going to be 14K of uh, 1K at my aerobic threshold and 1K easy. Um, so it is a, I mentioned in last week on the pod, it is a, is a class lock, easy interval method type of session. That didn't quite go to plan, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, I felt pretty good. I was running uh, between 319, what did I do? 319, 330, 320, 327, 319. I did stop after that um, because my, my bowels weren't playing ball. So, uh, luckily, we went through the woods and I got a little treat of nature. So, I was disappointed to lose a bit of volume there, to be honest. But I also lost plenty of volume from my stomach. So, you know, tomato to my. You look, you're looking puzzled, Aaron. Yeah, I'm trying to find the the Strava from so 11th of October, right? That would have been correct. Yeah. Where did you do this run? Skelly Marathon course, mate. Okay, so up and down the footpath. No, no, we just kind of did a bit of a loop. What I was most confused about is you you, you listed through your your splits. And I heard a three thirty after hearing a three ninety. So what happened on the three thirty, Brett? Um, we had to go through a gate. We probably started a bit too slow. It, it's one of those sessions that, in, if you think about it, you're not really doing much volume at very, and it's all at a very low intensity. So it don't really matter where you run it. It's just to get a bit of aerobic stimulus in there. Um, so yeah. I did this with Ronnie. How many were you meant to do? I was meant to do seven. So 14Ks worth. I think we did five in the end. Ah. The best thing, though, was I, I had to stop due to my ailments. I did the session with Ronnie, and Ronnie stopped as well just because, you know, he's, he's a good friend. Just fancied a bit of a walk. I do like that about runners. Josh Josh used to be like it. He's not so much like it these days. But when one person says that's it, most of us <laughs> just go, yeah, okay, done. It's a good community when you know someone's uh, going to not run with you. Yeah. And I've had to do many, many walks on my own. So, uh, yeah, that was nice. So thanks for that, Ron. Um, however, it was pretty cold. And I think I did get a bit of a cold off the back of that or what, what felt like the beginnings of the cold. Um, so the day after, again, I was going to do another sort of 70 to 75 minute recovery run. Uh, just did, oh, look look at that, lucky number sevens. And it's 7.77 miles. And that was an average of 7.30s. I did not feel good at all. Oh, I'm not surprised. 7.30. No, that, that, was a, that was a knees must that, Josh. That was, um, that was, that felt fast. That was, so I was thinking, oh, here we go. Here comes the cold. Um, didn't feel any worse on Thursday. So we did another easy session. So we had 15 200s off a 200 meter jog. Um, felt all right for that, to be fair. Um, the idea is you're quite relaxed for them. Um, however, I probably went in with a mentality that running sort of 34 seconds for 200 would be easy, and it actually wasn't. So after 
dropping my second one in 36.6, which is about half marathon pace, I thought we better better get a move on here. So managed to get them back down to 34s, 33s. And uh, yeah, felt pretty good doing that, to be honest. Um, and then by Friday, felt fine. So um, yeah, Friday, oh, Oh, nearly, nearly broke seven minute average for my runs on Friday. Not quite. I was a seven oh one, and that was for for a bit over ten miles. Are you on your own? I was on my own for this, and I was in a bit of a rush. So you know, I thought not like you, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Me, yeah, I'm I'm normally organised. <clears throat> yes, the on on Friday I was not. Unfortunately, that did leave me with quite a bit of mileage to try and make up over the weekend. Um, which is all good coaches recommend you do. <laughs> the best thing is to get as much mileage in your bank in the bank over as few days as possible. And then if you can have a rest day, two or three rest days in the week, then yeah, I'm sure that'll be good training. You come to you wait to my week. That's what I've, I've done. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. So I'll, I'll whiz through Saturday then. So I did two runs. Um, I hate double day, as I said last week, but again, these must. So did about seven miles in the morning. Uh, that, that was with the dog so I went with Ronnie again and my dog and his dog and actually what I didn't mention was I randomly woke up on Friday with a real sore neck um, so I must have slept like a cocoon or something um, and on Saturday it was still sore and Ronnie's dog absolutely wiped me out on the run so I had to bail and I think I gave myself whiplash I've had the pleasure of spending time with your dog before yes how, how do you run with your dog he's not, um, the, not the most chilled out dog in the world do you know he's a little shit um when we run he's he's so well behaved um he's often off just trying to go get squirrels and diving into things so uh he's a actually like, a bit advice. like soda then <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm a little shit too um, no, he's pretty well behaved on a run. Um, so I just let him off and let him go do what he wants. And he's too scared to leave me. So um, I was quite proud of myself. Saturday night, got myself out for a run. Really couldn't be bothered. I was doing it on my own, but I did got myself out. So I was happy with that. Sunday. Do you know what, Shane? Of what? all the, the days, some evening runs are the worst. I think Saturdays are the one. Because yeah. you can you can leave them and leave them and leave them. And I, I've... I can't remember the late. I did one probably this year, if not last year, like half ten at night. Oh, horrendous! Sorry, continue. Uh, uh, you're right. That's grim. I and Saturdays. I I don't know why. I, I don't like running on Saturdays at all. So doing two two runs wasn't my favourite. But it's my own fault because you know I well I needed to go poo in a week, so I lost some mileage. Uh, Sunday, my favourite long run variation. Um, Aaron's had the pleasure of not doing this with us before and this was the uh i got dropped you got dropped on the first one and yeah uh two hours with two minute surges every mile we normally start that about mile eight um so all it is is the surge is just a little pickup to sort of um uh, anaerobic threshold which is your hour pace um just get the legs moving gets you working hard on a bit of fatigue um yeah, quite happy with that. Felt pretty good. So I did eight of those. Averaged about five-minute mile in-ish, maybe a bit slower. Heart rates looked fine. Um, very windy in Lincoln. So uh, Where did you go? 
We we run from run out into the sticks into uh, over to I think a place called Apley. So we ran from Sudbrook. I was trying to get trying to get uh, Tom Straw out for a run, make sure he wasn't going to sandbag his long run. So we did that. But no, it's quite some not quite nice routes out there. To be fair, you know, and they're always quiet roads. Um, and I'm normally used to getting uh, nearly hit by vans and angry old men on farm tracks around Lincolnshire instead. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't too bad. Was it just you two, you and Tom? Just me and Tom. And then, uh, yeah, Ronnie went down to a race. So what's that? 80, 80 mile week again? So I think that was 80, just shy of 81 miles again. So that's pretty good. Um, but I woke up, I didn't get much sleep last night for some bizarre reason. And I woke up this morning not feeling good. So I've decided to take today off in a way. So looks like we could be on for a big weekend again next weekend. <laughs> you can catch up later <laughs> in the week. So feeling feeling a bit fitter now after that. That Sunday run's pretty decent. 6.20s for two hours. Yeah. Um, I always like the Sunday runs. They get me in shape. I'm feeling a lot fitter. I think I've been back uh, from a break for about six weeks now. And to be honest, normally, no matter what I do within that time, um, even if it's all easy, as long as I'm consistent, I get pretty fit in six weeks. Yeah, I don't know what that says more about how how bad I get in a rest week <laughs> um, or not. But yeah, I'm feeling a lot fitter, so I think another six weeks on top of that, and I'll be probably as, as fit as ever. So you got anything penciled in yet? Um, oh, I need to enter Lincoln 10k. Actually, that's uh, a couple of weeks. That's yeah, two. That's in two weeks. And um, I've not really looked beyond that, to be honest. We'll see, see what comes up. Um, I quite like the fancy of getting in shape for a half marathon in January. So, what do you um, think you can run at Lincoln? I think I'll be happy if I can get sort of under thirty-one minutes. But if no one turns up, I'll just see if I can win it. It's my bogey race. Yeah, I think you should. You should be able to run about thirty fifty-ish. I imagine. I, th- I think last year I ran about. 30, 40 odd. And I did this last year. I was like in awful shape. I was really struggling for like four or five weeks and then week five, six, something like that. I think I think it was the week before the 10K actually. I just started to feel good on running a bit faster. So it just gave me a bit of confidence to go a bit harder at Lincoln. So I don't think I'm quite where I was last year, um, but I'm not far behind. So if I can get anywhere close to that, I'll be, I'll be quite happy. What influencer has annoyed you most on social this week right so no names if you don't want to mention names but just give us a little insight to your there's this one influencer called josh lunn who's uh no i'm joking josh i was waiting for that (laughs) (laughs) so no it's it's more of a generic it it was a typical influencer who who prompted me to get a little bit angry but i um I'm, i'm seeing a lot more of uh people trying to sell sort of online gate analysis and things like this. And it pisses me off because for starters, if it's online, it means that, you know, the, the people are trying to sell to, they've got to do the legwork. They've got to do all the work. They've got to get the filming, got to get it right, send it over. But it's, it's how people sell this and it's why they sell it. So, um, you know, the, we, we saw one obviously put in the group that was a certified uh, gate analysis now there is no certification in gate analysis someone's obviously just gone on to a weekend course 
right? Someone's been told they need to do that with the pelvis and this with their legs, and they've been given a, a certificate that's been made on Microsoft Paint afterwards. And, you know, they're offering these certified gait analysis. Um, so please, listeners, do not buy this stuff. If you think you're going to benefit from having your gait analyzed and checked, go and check out some people who know human movement, who know biomechanics properly. Um, because quite a lot of it out there is just bollocks and unnecessary as well. Um, you might have to bleep some of this there, and I've realised I've got a bit carried away there. We don't bleep anything. Um, but, like, they, they, they get sold on the basis of bad form causes injury, um, good form produces good results. Well, bad form doesn't really cause injury, does it? You know, I mean, look how you run there, and you, you, you don't run there. Uh, you're you're not pleasing to the eye when you run, mate. And, it's uh, interesting. I was gonna say if if you if you look at like Jake Smith, his legs, the way they bend in, are terrible, and he's all right. So, well, that's because his bone density is probably like one. <laughs> it's interesting you say about my form because in the interview with Ross Braden's coming up, nice little segue into that, coming up after the show, I also gave him that bit of feedback. And I tried to put it in this nice little way, and he said, "You're telling me my running form's shit." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> but yeah, well, he gets results. Yeah. But that's that's fine. Running running form is is not. It, it can contribute to injuries and pain, and it can be a good intervention if you you know if you keep getting injured all the time. It's always the same. And you've spoken to your, your sports therapist, your physiotherapist, or whoever you you you're actually um, you're dealing with you're getting help from and they can talk you through it because it's, it's context that matters if running form was important those people with the most perfect running form would never get injured and the fact is they do why because well they might train like an idiot or they might have a predisposition to some sort of injury um, they might not sleep well all these other things um, but yeah, I think check out somebody's, um, you know, PowerPoint certificate before you try to go down this route. I'm going to stop now. Yeah, you stop. <laughs> before you dig yourself any deeper, but it's good. Good stuff, Shane. I like it. Fan of it. Josh, can you back that? Can you follow that up? Or are you just going to talk us through your <laughs> your running week and your influencing? I don't think that needs backing up. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> here's my running week. Um, it'd be interesting to see how many different places I've run this week um, or last week I should say so start Monday <clears throat> so I was in first first I was in London I was at the office in Croydon um, so I had four miles easy uh, seven minute mile and I was easy actually and then I did the same thing in the evening four miles uh, six forty seven. then Tuesday um I was backing. I'm actually doing the wrong week. I'm a week behind. <laughs> You've been looking at Carl Wellborn. Carl Wellborn did the same on the, on the <laughs> right. two tracks. You did two, sure lots, two lots of five miles, mate. Right, you can you can bleep that out, Aaron. I'll cut that out. Nah, um, Monday, five miles, 6.49. So I was in Cardiff. In the evening, did the same thing. Different loop, actually. You weren't very happy with my first run, Aaron, because it was all uphill. Oh, it's horrendous. Josh did yeah. a whole <laughs> run uphill. What? I was running from uh, Maddie's back home. So it's, yeah, it is 
the whole way is uphill. It's nice to run in from mine to hers, but yeah, not so good the other way. Um, yeah, in the evening, 5.1, is nice and easy. Um, Tuesday, I was at the office, so around at lunchtime with Steph, um, did four and a half miles, 704s, nothing really to report there. How many, um, uh, how many E's does Steph have in her name? Uh, four, depends how you spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Have some respect for you. Have some respect. One of those listeners, Josh Lund is fluent in teenage girl. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, the the big thing I'm missing, a lot lot of younger generation women don't type with capitals. Oh, yeah. If you notice that. Right, I think we move off on that topic almost instantly. Um, Tuesday night, so session. So I went to Battersea Park, and uh, so three mile warm up, and then saw Dan Jarvis, Jack Rowe. I see them. Uh, then I had three mile, two mile, one mile. So the aim was to run similar pace to what I was doing, sort of the reps the week before, about five minute mile, and a little bit fast if I could. Um, so at fourteen fifty nine, and ten minutes dead, and then four fifty eight, and that was a three minute recovery, and then two minutes. So not too dissimilar to probably what I ran at the park run. Like 10 days before or so. So, yeah, it was, it was all right. Felt yeah, five, 5K pace for three mile, two mile, one mile. Um, yeah, pretty much. My other comment on this was when I was speaking to Ross, he told me you have to add 10 seconds a mile to back the <laughs> park. Yeah, probably true. So, it is, it is a quick loop, but uh, the GPS is sometimes it, you just, it, I look at my watch, I'm running 530s, and then it just oh, catches up. Um, it's, the, it's the side by the river, which is not great. But my other comment on that day was, I know because as it comes to my week, I had some horrendous sleep and I was up at half four that morning and who was texting me? Josh Lunn. Josh was getting <laughs> oh, on the yeah. train at like half four in the morning or something. But you did that session yeah, that's at why... 45 in the evening. How are you awake? Yeah, not messing about, mate. Um, I got the train home after that. That's a long day. Oh no, I didn't. Sorry, that's a lie. I went back to the hotel. But do you not do you not feel tired? Like if I wake up at Oh I did, yeah, breakfast, I was tired. That's a solid session off tiredness. Yeah. I got up at quarter past four. I was on the train at five o'clock. Um, yeah, I think I was warming down um at I didn't get back to the hotel until about half nine, quarter to ten. Madness. So yeah, there we go. Burning the candle um, both ends. Sorry? Carry on. Oh yeah, that's a phrase that's a phrase my nan says. Um so yeah, Wednesday morning, uh half seven, went out, uh did eight point three miles. I felt a little bit tired actually at the start of this, but then um yeah, I felt got uh, do you know what? You you probably don't find the shame, but starting a bit slow, I just feel terrible. And I mean I think the first few miles were pretty uphill. Um but then once I get going, I feel so much better. I think what what time was that was like half seven in the morning wasn't it yeah 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 i'd i'd, yeah. I'd be feeling tired doing 10 minute miles at that time in the morning I think. <laughs> um and that yeah that's my only run rob's pretty kind on wednesdays i just got the one run you ran with anya by the looks of it um, yes i did and she's shared a couple of pictures on her strava um i've not actually seen this what she put <laughs> is it from be real Oh, if I'm being real. As Shane said, Josh is fluent in teenage girl. So <laughs> right. 
what on earth is be real you boys miss now it is fantastic so you get a notification one point in the day it could be any time and you have to post a picture of what you're doing and then everybody you see a, uh, like a timeline of what everybody's doing it's great it's embarrassing that's what it is all right let's move on before we move on the best person I've seen on it Philippa Taylor amazing <laughs> she'll be listening so be careful yeah oh no I love it it's brilliant so do you send so you send a picture to Philippa no 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 you take a picture of you, like whatever you're doing and then people can react so like they like it it's pretty like you can react to the photo oh so your picture here with Anya is her one's mine and one's hers I think yeah I see so that's yeah. why anyway all right let's move on yeah um, Thursday, I did a shakeout. Um, so, well, we're at lunchtime actually because I was a little bit tired. Um, so, there's four miles, 6.45. And then in the evening, I, I was, I, you're like this. So, I, in my head, I'm thinking I'd either 16 by a minute or 16 by 400. Do you want to have a guess what my thought was? Should I put dragonflies on? No, no that, that was actually, a, that was my second thought. I didn't. I thought if I do 400, I can do about 10 seconds of rep more effort so I can get a bit fitter. So I went on the track. I did, yeah, 400 reps there. And I averaged 69.5, um, three miles up, three miles down. And that was off 45 seconds, which is pretty short when you're not that fit. What was, so was it meant to be, what, 5K intensity? Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. We sort of said, like, yeah, 5K intensity. The aim was to start at 17s and sort of see how I felt um, and just go go from there, really. But I had a bit of a dodgy stomach, actually, like Shane did his. So I didn't have to go to the loo, but I could have done. <laughs> so with 45 seconds recovery, you can't really stop. So um, that was definitely the limiting factor. But it, like, it felt a good effort. I wasn't, like, absolutely killing myself, but I certainly wasn't jogging. Well, so you in vape flies, were you? Yeah, yeah just vape flies. My favourite thing about this session was I'd seen Josh Estrava that he'd run 69.5 and he texted me saying, what would you expect <laughs> to run 400s in for 16 of them? And I knew what he wanted me to say was about 17 and he could say, I'd run quicker. So I said about 64s and he was like, oh, didn't <laughs> I didn't know you'd seen that and I was like, oh, I'm not fit. <laughs> no, I, I'd expect about 72s for most people running them uh, the yes. um, so that was Thursday night again quite a late one actually um, Friday uh, again started just before 7 o'clock I, I ran quite late for a week but, um, I just had 6 miles so 6.43s um, yeah what happened here? Good, actually, on that. Um, you know <laughs> you know the quote have you seen the in-betweeners when yes. Will's in the exam yeah it's a bit of that, really. It's a bit, it's a bit more than air, isn't it, that way? Got, just, just for listeners, right? Josh has self-diagnosed as lactose intolerant. But even though he's now cut it all out, he still has... No, I, I, I know what it was. I had a flapjack about three o'clock. That really did not sit well on my stomach. Well, well, well you had a flapjack... At three o'clock, and this run was at ten to seven. Yeah, honestly, I'm not joking, Shane. <laughs> He's got issues. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't eaten anything else. Okay. Yeah. We'll move 
right. <laughs> so yeah, so that was a uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. Um, so I, I wasn't sure what time to go out. So I wanted to watch the cross challenge on the Saturday, which is um, we'll come to after. Um, and I was trying to get someone to bike for me because I couldn't really be bothered to go on my own. In the end, neither. Uh, so I went out like quarter to 12 um, on my own. And you'll see from the picture. So I've got one of these new shoes from Mizuno. They're top secret. But every, if you ask everyone, anyone on Instagram, they know what they're called. So um, they're not that secret. But yeah, I thought they were really good, actually. Um, I've heard a few people say the same. So I did three miles six mile two mile and i don't know if you remember from last week rob said i'm not allowed to stop so going from three miles easy to 520 is actually pretty horrible so um yeah the first half a mile of that was not great so I did, basically i did 625 611 610 to walk like kind of warm up and then so down he, to he basically went quicker on his warm-up so he didn't have as much yeah. transition <laughs> yeah exactly that's exactly right um and then I did six miles, it was average 6.22s. And then I did two miles at the end, 5.58, 5.56. Um, so yeah, I felt all right. I felt pretty, pretty comfortable at that pace, really. Um, just a bit boring, really. But, so yeah, shoot, shoot. I think they're good. I, I don't know what they'd be like if you land on your heel, but I think they're pretty, they feel firm, but quite responsive on your forefoot. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would certainly recommend them. I'm debating racing in them for Leeds this weekend, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'll see. They look horrific. I will say that. Pers- from a... <laughs> I think it's a prototype colourway, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think the the bottom seems very bulky. It seems more bulky than a... They do outside. feel quite unstable around corners, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Be, I mean, good, the good thing about Leeds is you've only got one corner to go around, I suppose, and you? Yeah, exactly. And even then, it's like a roundabout, isn't it? So, yeah, I might wear them. I might not have decided. Um, and then, yeah, I went to watch the cross challenge, which was good. Um, good racing in both, really. The the men's was quite a close finish. You can recall that in your news section. Okay, good. Um, and then Sunday, uh, I went out. Oh, no, sun, Sunday, I, um, I was going to say I went out and ran on my own, but I actually went to Peterborough and paced my uncle. Uh, this was just basically it was a war of attrition. So there's a couple of people that wanted to run 90 minutes. And my uncle got out quite spiritedly. So 90 minutes was never really an objective at that point. It was, can we hold like 128 pace? Um, which at three miles, he said to me, leave me, I'm dead. So I, I went off, I went to pace his friend. So I caught him up. Um I had the same conversation with him at eight miles. He was like, just leave me. Um, so then I caught Dangerous Dave. Dave Thorell, absolute legend. This is one of my dad's friends. I had to nail it actually for about a mile. Um, and I very much overdressed. I was in tights, long sleeves and short sleeves. Um, and I, I don't know what I ran like as an overall mile to catch him, but it would have been probably low end near, I would have thought 520s or so. Um, and then I ran with him up to the turn point of the Peterborough half, well, 12.9. And uh, I got to the, basically there's a turn point at like, yeah, probably 13 miles, maybe just slightly before. And I just went, carried on going straight. And they were like, what are you doing? Because uh, I had 18 miles, so I just carried on. And then, you know when one person thinks they're funny and they're like, oh, you're going the wrong way. 
Yeah. And then, then 1,500 people say it, and it's not so funny anymore. I think that basically funny. happened. I would say it. Yeah, yeah, not, it, it wasn't amusing after I'd sit, everybody said it. So, anyway, long story short, I did 18 miles at 6.35. You know, when we all did Peterborough like 20 years ago? Yeah. It was yeah, last time um, you beat me. I did, I, oh yeah, smashed it out there, didn't I? I, um, <clears throat> both of you, I did start going the wrong way, and everyone did tell me that, and thankfully saved me to, so I could latch on for third. Yeah, so you did 13.3 instead of the 12.9 it was this year. Absolutely, yeah. I'll give some of that distance back. I still didn't catch you. But no. yeah, that was my week, 86 miles. 3,000 feet of elevation. 86 miles? Yeah. Somebody's getting keen. It's a big week, and with three okay. sessions, uh, a lot of different paces, yeah. yeah we don't miss the battle. He doesn't. So, what do you think of the leads next week? Then I don't really, I don't really think about that. I just ask you because you're normally right. So, <laughs> well, I'll ask Aaron. He'll be within two or three seconds. I think thirty fifty six. Yeah, I thought if I can run my park from back to back, that'll probably be a decent, decent run. Shane, what are you saying? What was that? Uh, based on Josh's training, if I could do it, I think I'd be winning 28 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's contextual, really, isn't it? Um, you have, from what you've done, if you, if you turn up to the race fresh enough, surely you've got to be in half decent, Nick. Leads is a quick course 30 30. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'd, I'd be pretty, pretty pleased with that, to be honest. I've got four mile tempo tomorrow, which is going to be pretty hard. Um, okay. So, so that, yeah, that'll be next week. Shall I? I'll I'll quickly rattle through my week because it was dreadful. Um, so let me get through it quickly. So Monday, I also had lack of sleep because Eliza was waking up at like some ridiculous time, and she. Oh no! Mon- Monday was the day. So Jenny left at half two in the morning on Monday. She's working on the Crown, the new series. So. Um. I see they're getting a bit of grief in the press. So if you want to give my wife some grief, feel free. Then, so she left at half two and Eliza woke up every hour after that. She'd cry out mummy. So I'd go down, see what was up. And she'd go, she'd say, mummy work. I was like, yes, I know. Thanks. Then she'd go back to sleep. But I couldn't go back to sleep. So that was Monday morning. Anyway, I got out at lunchtime. I was in the office, 65 minutes easy-ish. I think, Josh, I might have broke uh no i didn't 704s my watch has gone a bit weird at the moment and it's given me massive elevation at the start of my runs so strava is doing that thing where it's just telling me my elevation gain on my run instead of my pace oh, I've seen it. but it's doing that on all my runs even my so anyway that was monday tuesday i went to the cricket pitch to do five by five minutes oh that's what we like to see aaron scott back on his side oh, i hate it it's back. Well, at least I know what I can. I should be able to run around there. So I did five by five minutes, but instead of five minutes, I did four laps. So 226 feet of gain in the two-mile warm-up. It's good around a flat cricket pitch. Yeah, um, that. And then, yeah, five by five minutes. So I did 508, 510, 510, 512, 508. Pretty consistent, isn't it? 
So that's, I think probably about three weeks ago, I tried a five mile progression around there and I managed to get down to a six oh no, probably about 550 mile and was gone. So, or 5.50 for laps. So that's better than I thought I'd be at. It's actually very similar. I did the same session this time last year when I was coming back from the same illness and same sort of pace. And I got back reasonably fit by December. So optimistic now. Um, when you say same illness, what's wrong well, with you? Who knows, Josh? We've been through this. Lots of issues. <laughs> Long COVID. It's not good for you. Um, so... I only did, did 10 minutes cool down because I was late to pick a live spot from the nursery. That's half the reason I went to the cricket pitch too because it's close to the nursery. Um, so turned up like dripping in sweat, which is always good for the people at the nursery to see. Um, so Wednesday, I joined Ruth for a medium long run. She was doing an hour 40. I ended up doing an hour 24 at 7.27s, Josh. You'd be pleased about that. We did a bit of trail, to be fair. Any comments, Josh? You looked like you were going to say something. No, no, no. I mean, no. So yeah, not, not, not my cup of tea. But so Wednesday, so I was all good up until Wednesday. I was on about what thirty odd miles for three days. Like, going to hit seventy five this week. Um, Thursday, I was just absolutely like, yeah, gone. I was just so tired. So I thought. I'll take today off and get back on it tomorrow. But Friday, I was going to do a 15-minute, 10-minute, 5-minute tempo on the road. So I went to the, went to the different cricket pitch to warm up and leave my stuff there and was going to go out on the road. But it was pretty windy. It started to rain. My legs felt terrible, so I went home. I did... I did think about it. Do you, do you, I even changed shoes for you, Josh. I thought, Josh won't like this. So I changed shoes. I tried one stride and got two seconds into it. I was like, no, I'm going home. So I walked home. Walked back to the car and went home. Um, I was going to run in the evening, but couldn't bother. I think I was got busy. And Saturday morning, we spent pumpkin picking, which is not enjoyable for anybody. It was very cold and windy. It looked enjoyable for Eliza. She was not happy with the wind. <laughs> she's not a fan of wind. She needs to get used to it around here, mate. I know. Especially if she's got some 15-mile tempos to do in it. So <laughs> I jumped on the treadmill Saturday night. I watched Ipswich Saturday afternoon. Lost to Lincoln. Shane's favourite team. Even though we battered them. I was angry. So I thought, I'm going to jump on the treadmill and do 20 miles. Just because I need to gain some mileage. Like Shane was saying earlier. <laughs> I didn't. I did 4K warm up, then I did 10 by K on off, and then 3K cool down. So 17 miles in all. I've got the K splits here because they didn't go through to Strava for some reason. Right, so, on, just, before, just, just before you reel those off, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, we need to make it clear that I'm, I'm not a football fan. <laughs> You're not? No, no. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. It looks a bit like, well, you used to look a bit like John O'Shea. For any listeners who like football like that. Now I've, um, gone, now I've gone for Ian Rush look. But. Yeah. So I started off at 325.408. And I pretty much put it up 0.1 of a kilometre each rep. So 
by so I went no, I'll tell you the on reps I went 326 325 324 322 320 318 316 316 315 314 and I finished with a my quickest floating rep was about 347 so I started controlled and just tried to try to maintain it but by about 16k I was I was pretty tired to be fair so that's pretty good that's though. good though mate yeah it is but I think you're about to say. the treadmill's generous isn't it so um but well I mean I was expecting you to get off after five minutes so I, I'm better on a treadmill as I, I think we were talking with Channing about this every week I seem to if I jump on the treadmill I won't stop whereas if do, I, do you know what I watched. I saw a tweet from Steve Magnus, and he said, "Even if you really can't be bothered for a run, put your shoes on, get two minutes in. And if you still can't be bothered, then fair enough. And so, like in your session, fair enough. But most of the time, you'll carry on. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'd get two minutes into a run and stop ever because you're too dedicated. Yeah, all wow. the best runners have done that. Josh, come over to the <laughs> come over to the dark side." Anyway, that was that was 17 miles. So woke up Sunday morning pretty tired and I had a small gap to run in before Jenny went away again. So I managed to get 50 minutes done at 709s, which was a lot quicker than I I must have started out slow. It felt so slow early on. Um because I didn't do that treadmill session to pretty late. Actually 716 first mile, but it's massively downhill. It says it was uphill, but it's not. It's down a massive hill. Um, so what did we finish on? I think I finished it on about 56 miles, something like that. Um, so I'm I'm already on it this week to to make sure that I hit 75, 80-ish. So back on it this week. No, I've got no issues with childcare and things, so I should be able to get back on it. But yeah. Still got a session in, couple of sessions, going all right. Yeah, better than you, better than nothing. Are you happy with uh, with the sessions you did? The second one, I was much. Oh uh, yeah, both of them. To be fair, I think I'm a, a lot further along in fitness than I thought I was. Yeah, considering that was like what your third week. Yeah, and I think I said last week. Um, so. About three, four weeks ago, I did a 30-minute run on the treadmill. I started at 13 kilometers an hour, which is slower than I used to start. I had to go down to 12 or about 12 kilometers an hour because I couldn't do it. So, yes, the treadmill was generous, but a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't run 13 kilometers an hour. And I was up at 18.6 for the last couple of reps. So, so if you are you still just going to see how things go over the next uh i'm gonna i think i might do a 10 mile race local at the same day as lincoln 10 and 10 back on the tin pots yeah it's, it's like 2014 all over again my favorite fact about that race is paul halford who's still a bit writing for aw turned up to that race with two odd feet same same so like two left feet he had a pair of shoes <laughs> but he had <laughs> two left feet he ran the whole race and won it in it <laughs> incredible right let's move on um, 
I was going to say Strava leaderboard, but Josh won't have looked because he's got no signal. So I'll do it. Um, John McKeough, who potentially had a listener question, always spoke to me this week. He topped with 113 miles. And I think very solid effort. Rachel McGuinness, was she topped the other week? She's done 93 miles again. So she's banging in the miles as Rachel. Um, I was going to quickly have a look, but my internet's gone slow as well. I've obviously got Josh's disease. Rachel um, is on the leaderboards of us and Inside Running podcast. So if you just, can just leave their leaderboard. Oh, she's Australian. A fair play. I'll let her have it. She might not be Australian. She lives in Australia. I'll, I'll rephrase it. So good that we're gaining some of their listeners. It's always nice to see. Right. Um, I was going to do session. We'll do session of the week next week because we've talked too long about our sessions this week. We will do a session of the week next week, but we'll do listener questions for now. Shane, have you got them open? Because I've got you down as the first one. So, um, listener questions are right here. <laughs> that first makes one. Got <laughs> <laughs> so the first one, um, right? Oh, this is this is a good. Oh, this is a good one. Are super shoes appropriate for English cross country in the Surrey League? Uh, oh, how do you pronounce that? Okay. Rygate today, there were several <laughs> sightings of vapor. Well, I'm northern. Well, he's made a return. <laughs> I'm gonna start again. Are super shoes appropriate for English cross country in the Surrey League at Rygate today? There were several sightings of vapor fly. The course was pretty technical, and rain was making it slippy underfoot. I imagine Josh would do it, but what would the rest of you do? And that was from Michael Huntley. Do you know what? Someone actually asked me. Yes, yeah, someone actually asked me about this and because they did they were doing a chill with me and they said dragon I should do it. The thing is, I'm not sure I would because when you've got dragonflies, dragonflies are so good as well. So I'd be inclined just to wear dragonflies personally. Yeah. I don't know. It depends if it's if it's so I know he said there's a bit of rain, but I saw a picture of it, I think. Well anyway, I, th- I think it's pretty firm and I think you can, I, I wear the vape fly on the cricket pitch and they're still pretty good on firm ground. I know the Australian Melbourne Track Club boys, when they run on the grass, they all run in vape yeah, fly. So I suppose it is appropriate if the grass, if the ground's hard. But as we know in England, you get, if you're lucky, a small window in mid-October when it's not really cross-country season anyway. To get away with it, the rest of you have no chance. Yeah, let's be. It'll be that that one league race, and you'll you'll still see people in them all year round. But I mean, I I I disagree. I've tried doing sessions even on firm or done bits of running on firm grass and any type of carbon shoes, and I feel horrendous in them. So there's maybe an element of of how you run as well. Yeah, I yeah I. I wouldn't do it as well because I'm a non-responder. <laughs> so I don't really like wearing them. What about the shoes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think to summarise, let's face it, English national, it's going to be muddy. Um, if you're in carbon, you're going to make it so much harder for yourself. Yeah. Um, on a quick course, maybe at Mansfield in a month's time, we might see some. But how many how many times you've done Mansfield when it's been bone dry? Even that 
back bit. It's never. Yeah, I would. I don't think I would ever do it. Get right. your spikes out. Yeah, get your spikes out. Yeah. Right. I'll read the next one. He said, "My tempo." Well, he said, "My tempos." I think he meant my tempos have finally died a death. What sh- what shoes would you recommend for speed work? And that comes from Tom Pipes. I thought this would be good actually to bring Shane's shoe rotation into it because we've not heard what shoes Shane's been using. So go for it, Shane. So my um, uh, first of all to answer the question, a nice replacement I think for the tempo is something like the Saucony Endorphin Pro or the Speed. If he, if he's talking about an Adidas tempo, um, it might be. It might be the Nike old, was it the Tempo at the... Oh, the Tempo Next Percent. Yeah. Yeah, well, same again. In fact, if, you, if you're coming out of a Tempo Next Percent, the Sockney ones, I think, would be a lot better. Uh, just feel a bit nicer, I think. My shoe rotation, I wear the, uh, for mileage, the Hoka Clifton and the Asics uh, Nova Blast. I love them Nova Blast. I think they're fantastic. Um, my sort of next shoe down that I'll wear for sort of long runs or maybe bits of easy runs where I might have some hills in or some some sprints or strides or something. I will I'll either wear an old school Adios. I still like them. Get get out of the carbon every now and then. Or um yeah my the the Sockney Endorphin Pro. Um I've also got a pair of the the first Adidas Adios Pro with the rods in. Um I'm not sure I like them. Then Sessions I'll do again either the Saucony or a I used to in um, the Nike four percent quite a bit or my next percents but I try and leave my next percents for racing. I've also got an old pair of Takumi Sens which are like a uh, pre carbon. Um, so if I'm doing fast stuff on the grass, I like to wear them if I don't want to be in spikes. And I've also got the Nike. Uh, is it the Streak Fly? Yeah, the little yeah. carbon shanking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a pair of them. They're not as good as I originally thought they were going to be, but they're quite nice for track work if you don't want to batter your legs. Um, that's my general rotation. Um, and I've got a pair of uh, Hoka Speed Goats for dog jogs in the mud because now I've got a habit of falling over and I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to have a fall rather than fall over. Good. Josh, you talked through your shoe rotation that you put in the group earlier in the week. It sounded so boring. So pain that pains me <laughs> so monday i have a double run so morning invincibles evening pegs tuesday i would have a shakeout so i'll probably either pegs or invincibles to be fair but if it's slower probably invincibles um session probably dragonflies wednesday uh probably pegs um thursday just one run wednesday thursday shakeout again invincibles or pegs it'd be the same thing literally um, Rob doesn't like me doing steadies in carbon shoes so if I'm running like 530s I'll probably do that in peg turbos um, Friday uh, will be a recovery run so I'll be invincibles then again Saturday uh, depending on the it'll be, if it's a session baker flies if it's uh, a little bit so peg turbos and then Sunday run peg turbos why Gosh. do you not like any other brand of shoe I haven't tried them Right. I just think if right. I'm going to buy a different, but if I buy a different brand of shoe, I've got to buy a whole new outfit in that brand. I really don't like cross brands. Yeah. They they won't get upset, mate. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to drop you, don't worry. 
Um, so speed work, you'd wear peg turbo or vapor fly, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, I pretty much wear an old pair of vapor flies or an old pair of alpha flies for speed work. Well, probably vapor fly for speed work and an old pair of alpha flies for a, a quicker long run type session. I love I love the alpha flies for long runs. I know it's yeah, it's, it's, they're a bit slower. I I I know what you mean. But for a steady state long run, alpha flies are so nice. You recover so well from yeah. them. Oh, um, do you get do you get a bit stompy in them, Aaron? Yeah. One of our friends used to well, we were doing a run a session one day and he was ahead of me and he told me to stop stomping, which annoyed me. So <laughs> it just made me angry for the whole run. Um that was in a pair of fast twitch, which I was a bit slappy in to be fair. Pre-carbon days. Um <laughs> Josh wouldn't know anything about that. So <laughs> I've also got a pair of Adidas Boston, which have the, what's their cushioning, the new cushioning? Well, Pro Strike. Cushioning, I'm not sure. The Pro Strike or something? It's it's a newer Boston because it's deeper. Not really. Oh, a fan. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> Light Strike, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not really a fan of them. Um, I'm not really a fan of the Peg Turbos either. I said to Josh the other day, I find them quite firm. I like I love the original peg turbos. I just can't really get on with these. I was expecting a bit more. I don't know. I got used to quite soft ride, and they're just a bit firm. Yeah, don't really give much back, I don't think. But anyway, yeah. So fake fly for me. Long and short of it. Um, one last question comes in from from Dougal Burrows. He said someone has come, someone has seemed to come back from injury quicker than others, even when they don't cross train. Why? Shane, why do runners some come back quicker than others? <clears throat> Drugs. Now, um I, th- I think there's a lot of uh well, for starters, maybe some people do cross train more than they say they do. Uh, I think the lifestyle comes into it as well. If if you are a desk worker and you're working eight to ten hour shifts at the desk, you're not moving much. You're you're going to decondition yourself quite a lot. Uh, some people are just have a predisposition to getting sort of responding to certain types of training faster than others. Um, I've noticed over the past literally three years, every time I've had a break, it's been harder and harder when I've started again, and that's only come up, that's just off a two to two and a half week break um and it's going to depend on the type of injury you've got as well of course um i think the idea is one when when you get hurt when you're injured you still need to be trying to do as much as you can i suppose um so i think it just depends on what you're doing outside of running so would, so would you bang the cross trainer then or would you not advocate smashing yourself on the cross train and getting too fit because I suppose the danger is if you come back too fit and your legs aren't conditioned for running at that pace could cause problems yeah precisely I think uh, it's going to depend on where you're at in your season and your goals um, if you are if you've got one goal and you're getting close to it let's say a marathon and you're at the crunch time then you, you've got to do as much training as you can so yeah smash the cross trainer if you're having a lot of time off and it's it's a bit of an insignificant time in terms of when you get injured 
yeah, I think you can get very fit. And I think what I see a lot of runners do is they they get super fit. And just as you've said, they come back to running and they start running like they were before they were injured. And if they've got the physical fitness to do that, that's great. But you you decondition your body's ability to load. Um, your tendons, your structures, your your bones as well. Like we, they adapt with things like vibrations with the ground. So if you're deconditioning that, and then you go and train as you was were be doing before, I think um, you're just more you're just going to increase the risk of re-injury. I think, but also not knowing why you've got hurt again, because as far as you're concerned, you cross trained, you did your job. Um, so I think also if you get the opportunity. Um, just take just chill out when you get hurt depends on the injury of course but just take it easy it's my views get a little lesson here today are we josh we're not used to this from matt clouds <laughs> i was gonna say i think i probably did josh has finally morphed into a robot sounds like he's like depressed and in a shoe or something <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, both are true. Yeah. So, as you talk about drugs, let's go on to the news. Last week, there was another couple of suspensions for Kenya marathon runners Diana Kipyoki and Betty Wilson Lempus. But they've been taking this this drug. Oh, well, notably, one of them won Boston, I think, in twenty twenty one or something. They're taking this new drug called. Trimacinoline acetonide. Heard of it, Shane? Well, where are you reading this? Because I might be able to pronounce it. I, I, it. I, I put it into the notes. I got it from Let's Run. You were, tr- it's the what, second paragraph. What, how much are they selling it for? So it's not actually banned out of competition. I went straight over your head. I didn't hear what you said. Sorry. You said. I got it from Let's Run. I said, how much were they selling it for? Uh, very good. Yeah. You can be funny sometimes, don't you? Every now and again. Drop what, what, was it, what was it called, Aaron? Tri, triamcinolone acetonide. Anyway. Triamcinolone acetonide. Yeah. You take an inhaler, maybe. Anyway, in competition, it's anti-doping violation, so I, I don't really understand. I'm not really medically trained so i thought shane being the doctor that he is enlighten us (laughs) anyway so it reduces it reduces inflammation but has potential to be performance enhancing drug as it helps athletes lose weight build muscle apparently lance armstrong and david miller used it in cycling and potentially bradley wiggins used it before his 2012 tour de france win yeah, I think the most interesting one was Kipchoge's training partner the other week in court, wasn't it? It was he out of Commonwealths and it's gone very quiet. So there is some stuff happening, I think, in the in the background. <laughs> anyway, let's move on before we get we get banned. Amsterdam Marathon, Ayana, um, she returned from she had a couple of years out of running, so read into it how you want, but she's come back and run a two seventeen twenty in Amsterdam for the fastest ever women's marathon debut. De Barber was also making a debut. She was second in, I want to say, 2018-05. And Gemma Chu was third in 
So we are seeing women, particularly the African women, finally, you know, getting close to those times that Paula did and closer to the time. If they're running 65 minutes for half marathon, they should be running 216.17, shouldn't they? Mm. Yeah, I agree. And it's, 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 well, it's a bit exciting. There's a lot of them now. So there's a lot of lot of women runners hitting marathons in that sort of time. It makes for better women's racing, hopefully. No, 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 Shane. Shane, not only that, it means we've got a pace group to sit on. <laughs> Get in. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I know, what's her name's racing in Valencia in a few weeks' time, isn't she? Um, G'day. G'day. There's no, you ain't holding on to her. Oh, no chance. No chance. Right. Um, in the men's race, um, there was another Ethiopian win. Getachu. Segai Getachu won in 204.49 from Titus Kipruto, 204.54. And Asmare was the third in 204.57. So three men under 205. I think the top nine were under 206. Pretty impressive, isn't it? Nice. Very quick. Yeah. All right. Back home. Cross country Cardiff, Josh. Do you know what happened? Yes. So I, I can tell you as I watched it. So in the women's race, um, there was a bit of a group. And then Amelia Quirk, do you know what? She looks so good at cross country. Like her form, she just, her cadence sticks faster than you are. Um, she sort of pushed the pace on. Um, and then uh, you might have to cover the name. I think it was Cos Guy. Yeah. Um, yeah no, she, she, it was pretty close, to be honest. Wait, look, give you a fact. She's sister of Bridget Koskai. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, she, she only sort of pushed away really the last sort of half a lap. Um, and then, yeah, Amelia was second. You might have to tell me who was third because I could uh, Jess, Jess Gibbon, who she won it last year, didn't she? Uh, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, and then in the men's race, um, they, I mean, the pace they were moving was absolutely ridiculous. Um, so the the first three, uh, first four actually were Africans and then Emil. So again, there was a group of probably six or seven. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then I think Mo, Mohammed Mohammed was next Brit and Zach Mohammed was just behind him. So just for reference, the, the women's race was 6.4k in 2031, which reasonable, um, four miles. Mm. So, yeah, quick. The men's race, six miles, 26.20, he went in. And Emil was yeah. 26. Yeah, fine. 39. I know the winner ran a minute faster than Jake ran last year, and Jake ran 4.41s last year. Well, that's that equates for, for Emil to about a 27.50 10K. If he'd have carried off 400 metres mm. on the grass. Pretty yeah, I mean, and there's a hill in that. Yeah, pretty quick going. So, yeah, I think you got it right. Yeah, Edward Zakeo took the win. Emil Caress was lead Brit overall, fourth overall. Um, the two uh, Mohammeds, then Alex George and Callum Elson, sort of were the top, top Brits. Uh, Great South, Partridge Connor, Household had a Good day out, bag some cash probably. Um, Lily took the win in the Lily Partridge that is took the win in the 
the women's race at 54.29 and Ben Connor pretty pretty rapid 47.19. I don't know where that puts him on the all-time, but it's pretty quick. But even for Great Sav, that's up there for one of the quicker times. Um, Natasha Cochran was second in 54.35, Steph 12 third, 54.51. I was surprised she she ran London two weeks ago. It's a pretty quick turnaround to, to run a race like that. Um, and in the men's, Ellis Cross was second in 47.32 and Omar Ahmed third in 47.49. So three men under 48 is, again, going in the right direction for the boys. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, even, I think, um, I know Josh Grace ran sort of 48.30. Um, yeah. I mean, is he like sort of seventh? And I guess solid, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's a couple of uh, small results to round off, but we'll go. I want to talk about the Peterborough Great Eastern run first, Josh, as you mentioned. So Logan Smith took the win 65-57 and Nina Griffith from Highgate was first in 76-03. Special shout out to Alice Belcher, runner-up, 77-47. Used to do some results, round-ups for us at Alice, so good run from her. But I've heard today the... The guy, the race director, said it was short. He has confirmed it was short. And most people's Strava's got 12.9. It was a bit of a shambles all in all, wasn't it, Josh? Yeah, it was, to be honest. We, it was meant to start at half 10. Um, at about 20 past 10, they said we're going to be 15 minutes late. We didn't really hear anything else after that. And then we were sort of waiting and waiting and waiting. And the race didn't actually start until quarter past 11. And we didn't get told anything the whole time. So, yeah, yeah it, I mean, it was short and, yeah, the communication was pretty, pretty poor. So I think an ambulance ran over the start mats and ripped them up. That's why we started late. But being short, they're missing out and back by the sounds of it. But I think most concerning for most people is they use that race to get championship tyres for London. And it's whether they'll be valid or not is the question a lot of people are asking. So hopefully they can remeasure it and try and work out what it was short by and hopefully do some some calculations. Because you had an athlete, didn't you, Shane, run? Yeah, I had uh, an athlete do very well. And again, he, he was after <clears throat> basically getting a, his, his time to get on the championship start for London. So I think like it, it's frustrating times like this. It, Courses we're going to keep getting short courses and stuff because it's it's still human error, but it's a shame sometimes they can't like just do some simple cal- calculations. If you can work out how short your course is, then you can work out if people can hit these qualifying times or not. Yeah, because we're talking two three hundred meters, so it's not not hard to add that on to someone's time. It was the other year was the worst when remember when Lee Zabby Dash got caught up short. Yeah, it was 20 meters, short. 20 meters like that's just silly. And and you got people that will be will have run that distance, especially some of the some of the girls who started further back on the start line. Yeah. They would have run 10k, and you know, some of them missed out on some very good time. So I, I think some something needs to be done to an extent, um, in some cases, and maybe this is one of those times, but I could just be being biased. Yeah, well said. Um there was some other races. Um, I'm just going to skip over. Bath Half was on. Uh, Gide, Atse Gide, not the Gide who's running in Valencia, took the win 71 54. I think Kadar Omar won in 65 03. 
Cabbage Patch 10, Joe Wigfield, 1500 meter runner, took the win. So he's gone up the distance 48 41, so pretty rapid there. And I want to say Hannah Viner took the win of 56 37. So pretty quick men's and women's at Cabbage Patch, is a decent course in London. Is it Twickenham? I think it's Twickenham. Yeah. Um, Yorkshire Mar- Marathon, Bernard Basuban. And I don't know where Bernard is from, but he took the win in 2.22.56. Um, Pat Martin was third chain in 2.28. Oh, nice. The Pat's back. Tom Charles was second in 2.24. And I think Tom Charles has done the treble of Berlin, Chester, and Yorkshire. An all pretty <laughs> decent time. Um, and women's was 2.54 for Sam Antill. Um, Sarah Lauer was just seven seconds behind her. It's a bit of a sprint finish in that. Anyway, boys, that's about it. We've gone on far too long, as usual. Um, what's happening in your week next week, Shane? Uh, I've got a bit of coursework to start writing. Um, and I suppose I'll just, you know, keep keep touching some people in, in my job, sports, sports massage therapist. And, uh, yeah, do some running, shall we? Hopefully. Josh, anything yeah. special? I'm, I'm racing Sunday. Oh, so yeah. That'll be good. Um, yeah, a few meetings. So I'm in London for a couple of days and then uh, back home on Wednesday. And then, yeah, going to Leeds for the weekend. And Aaron, what, what about you? Oh, your, your dream, Shane. Um, yeah, not much, really. Just pretty settled week. So hopefully you can get on top of some running. Um, got a lot of training plans to write, as you know, You'll know, Shane, everybody's finished their autumn marathon. So it's all about planning for for the next one next year and trying to come up for a plan for a winter. So busy coaching times for you as well, probably, Shane. Yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of thinking to be done, plenty of discussions to be had. Yeah, exactly that. So a bit of that. Um, Eliza's birthday is coming up quickly, so probably need to organise something there. 500 card yeah I think I think I should probably, probably put it on Lincoln Wellington to organise Eliza's <laughs> birthday see what happens no one will turn up mate <laughs> yeah um, but yeah anyway stay tuned for for a chat with 214 man Ross Braden he chats about his marathon progression and some some big big sessions which Josh will love also I like call him um, Lord Braden from now on that's Lord, what I refer to now. Okay, Lord Braden's on on next. Keep your ears peeled. Is that a saying? Can you keep your ears peeled? Keep your ears peeled for Friday's Valencia Marathon chat with Carl Wellborn. Um, hopefully, he manages to read the right week in training this time, and you can listen to his dulcet Midland tones for for a good forty five minutes on Friday. That's it, boys. Have a good week, and I'll speak again next week. Pleasure. Pleasure, boys. Thanks, boys. Never, 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 never gonna catch me Cause I'm an outlaw
On this week's show, we're chatting to 214 marathon man, Ross Braden. But before I bring him in to tell his story, let's quickly introduce the man who now runs for Kent AC and, and hails from Bromley. With PBs of 14.21 for 5k, 29.56 for 10k and 65.41 for the half, which we all set in the last 12 months. It's Ross's recent 2.14.32 performance and third place Brit finish at London that's elevated him to one of the best male marathon runners in the country at the moment. So welcome to the show, Ross. How's your recovery been since London? Pretty good. I mean, I've done zero exercise, so yeah, feel pretty good now. What, how long ago is it? Two or two weeks? Nearly two weeks, yeah. Two weeks. So you've taken two weeks fully off, have you? Yeah, and then a bit of cycling to start of next week and then a few runs okay. and then back to marathon training probably. Good. Nice to see somebody take proper recovery. That's good. Let's start with with the race itself then. How did it how did it unfold? And I suppose 2.14.30 is another breakthrough. What were your like ambitions going into the race? So I felt like I was in 2.12 shape. Um, so obviously there was a lot of negotiating to try and get the pace. It was going to be going out at 65 and a half, but managed to swayed a couple of lads to, to go through in 66. Maybe would have gone through a bit slower if uh, in the perfect world, but felt like the fitness was there. So um thought we'd just, just roll the dice and see what happens. So yeah, I went through in just over 66 and then kind of got separated because uh, it was me and Matt Leach and was on my own from about 18. Felt pretty good, but just seems to be losing time every mile. Um, and then got a stitch about 39k and then really slowed down for a couple of k and then kind of rallied and yeah it was I mean I was really happy 240 obviously two and a half minute pb but I maybe thought that was a little bit more yeah I mean it's an incredible run and I've sort of followed your progression over the last couple of years after after meeting you on that camp in Portugal just before lockdown happened and yeah it's a remarkable rise really but you said just then you, you were thinking you're in 212 shape you you ran Antrim in what 65 30 65 41 but a month or so before at London what what signified that you were in 212 shape so I know we had a great run in Antrim um I felt I was in again obviously thought I was in better shape kind of missed the move early on um and I'm just getting stuck running the same pace um the week before I'd run 20k at sort of 65 low pace so kind of knew that fitness was there and some of the bigger sessions we've done um also did some lab testing which can be accurate can be not which suggested as well so um and also i wanted to yeah whether i was actually in 212 shape i just wanted to at least roll the dice and see would rather give it a go because i mean that, that sort of pace had felt comfortable for the marathon pace stuff which obviously i know is not always the best indication but um yeah, definitely run a lot quicker times than I had previously. So, yeah, that that twenty k at sixty five low pace was it? Was that on the road or or what? No, that that was on the road around Battersea, which um, it was it was a little bit quicker than that, but to allow for dodgy GPS, I think mean, it was about four fifty seven pace. So, yeah, say five minute mile pace, which is sixty five thirty. Um, so you had a few seconds to you for Battersea. We need to tell Josh this on. He's he's going to talk about a session around Battersea on on monday and yeah i need to tell him to that it wasn't accurate do i i mean my watch is actually stingy but 
I still feel like no matter what time you run a session on your own round, it never quite recreates, is it? And Batsy's also completely flat, so it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a generous place for sessions. Cool. We'll go a bit more into into your training in a sec. Are you a full time soft tissue therapist? And you're also studying, aren't you? I think. Yeah, so actually, I'm at uni full time, and then I work around that. Um, so I'm in like three or four full days a week at uni, and then work evenings and weekends mainly. How do you fit in the running with with all of that and trying to trying to almost train like a professional athlete? I mean, I so I've taken quite a bit of time off over summer to to go to Font a few times, um, but it's basically just. There's a group of us that run at about seven in the morning every day. So do that. And then some of the runs are quite late in the evening, but you kind of just have to suck it up and get it done. So you ran 216 in Seville last December and sorry, Seville in February. I'll get it right. Valencia's in December. And then 219 in London last year. But before that, you were outside 220 for all of a sudden you're now running 214 and you mentioned running with Matt Leach in the early part of London who's a 28 minute 10k guy it must it must be nice now to be to be mixing it with some of the best in the country yeah I kind of always felt that there was a a better performance so um, I think London was the first marathon where I really felt like I did actually nail like really go to the well and and run it I mean obviously ran a horrendously positive splits but felt like that was the first time I really did make a jump and yeah come kind of top three Brits like I felt like my first marathon was uh Cheshire 2021 and it was like a long way away from that like 221 to suddenly actually be up there with the, these guys yeah you said it you said it was a horrendous split but it wasn't too bad you saw it 66 so 68 20 what is that 25 yeah about that yeah that's not too bad no I mean, I thought you held it together unbelievably well because I didn't know. It was only when I saw your half split and I texted a few people and they said, no, you were going to go for that. I think... I mean, Josh, Josh texted me in the morning to so the dream that I ran, I was going to run 211. So... That's exactly right. That. I was like, it's going to happen. It's I can't see info from. If, you, if you're in doubt, you just text Josh and he knows what everyone's up to. But you know, 35 to 40K, you still ran a 16.30. So even though you were, yeah, hurting, that's... You've held on pretty well, I'd say. So you must have plenty of strength there. Yeah, I definitely felt we, so some of the training we'll probably get into, but we definitely did more sort of over distance runs to kind of really work on that 30 to 40k section where generally in my marathons it's gone pretty downhill. So I was happy that didn't die off too much this time. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about standards um, and world standards because. Unfortunately for you, even running 2.14.30, you're now five minutes off the standard, which has gone down and down over the past few years. What do you think you can do to, to bridge that next gap, you know, potentially get another five minutes off that 2.14.30? Well, that's the thing, like, in terms of the Wells next year, like, it's 2.09.40 and top eight potential, which even if I had a crack and run, I shoot, I'd probably do London in April and ran 2.09 under that realistically they're not going to look at me and think I'm going to come top eight so um yeah it is does make it very difficult to 
sort of imagine hitting the standards. I mean, we'll wait to see what they announce for Olympics and year after that. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if anyone, because I'm not sure the last time someone was a Brits run sub 210, maybe well, 2018. It'll be um, Dowie and Callum, won't it, really? Yeah. It's a while ago. Yeah, Dowie was 2018 in Frankfurt, I think. Um, and then Callum at World Champs. But yeah, it's it's getting harder and harder. But I think for, for the listeners that they won't realise is you're completely unsponsored. Yeah. I don't think you get any support from anybody. And you're <laughs> running 214. Um, it must be tough, right? It's it's not an easy way of... It's not an easy sport to, to do well in, is it? Well, the kind of the hope was if I ran 212 and featured among the top Brits, then uh, then hopefully I'd get get some sort of sponsorship. But that didn't quite hit the time and not got too many replies so far. So, um, yeah, it's um, it definitely it makes it difficult to carry on doing the full time training with yeah. obviously needing to work. And um, I finished my degree next year, which will take some of the pressure off, but will then mean that kind of should be working more in theory and that's the reality of is it i think you just said you've not had any replies so it's you going out there trying to find some potential people to to give you some kit and some shoes and support it's not like you've got loads of offers flying in or all of a sudden after london so yeah it, it, i think it is a shame because you know 214 is incredible marathon time and and really we should be encouraging people like you to make the next step you're not thinking of i know some people have have thought about moving up the distances to ultra you're, you're going to stick at marathon for a while yeah yeah so i sort of um obviously that was the european 50ks which uh some of the guys did really well at, which i sort of thought about but i think i've still got quite a lot of time to take off the marathon and if you think there's not much support for marathon then there's even less for ultra so at least if i can kind of get down to that sort of 210 and below mark then hopefully that does then lead to uh, a sponsorship deal whereas I don't know what you'd have to run in the ultra to to get a, a paid, paid deal I don't know you go to the likes of UTMB and it's a different it's like a celebrity world these days it's crazy running so yeah don't think about that yet stick at the marathon mate anyway let's go let's move on from there and so last year I think you made the decision to change coaches you moved to Phil Kissy who's coached um the likes of Rose Harvey and Steph Davis who made he made big jumps in recent years. What's his coaching philosophy like and what's in, what sort of impact it had on your, your training? I mean, a big part of it is definitely the group. There's um, a really good group of guys and girls at, at Battersea and everyone's re- willing to sort of really commit. Um, in terms of what the difference is, it's a lot more pushing bigger sessions. So um, what we've really kind of tried to do is almost just find the line and try and hit it as opposed to playing it a little bit safe. Um, so that's the thing I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, like every session is is pretty intense, but seems to be coping well with it. So I think that's part of the reason that there's been a decent progression in the last six months or so, nine months. So how many sessions in the sort of marathon build-up are you doing each week? So generally uh, three sessions a week. Um We'll get on the track on a Tuesday and then do some sort of tempo or road reps on the Thursday. Um, and then a longer marathon session that's usually around 22 to 24, 25 miles, a few times 
a little bit higher and then sort of a medium long run on Sunday. So that let's that marathon session, you said um that you're sort of finding that line. How do you how do you find yeah, it's difficult. How do you find that line without pushing too hard? Do you sort of do you run to blow up or or what yeah, how do you how do you approach them? Well, I mean, generally Phil will uh, come up with some some pace and then we just try and hit it. Usually it's it's either just about doable or blow up horrendously, which yeah, is a little bit of good practice because in marathons generally we all go out a bit quickly. So it's good to kind of absolutely smash it early on and see if you can hold on to a session. I mean, obviously not every week, but every now and again. Um and also the the build-up was quite long, so we kind of had a bit more time to essentially dig a hole and then come back out of it. So specifics of those sessions. Let's just go into one of the long run sessions. How does he how do you break it up? Are you doing that all at marathon pace? Are you doing bits of it? What does it look like? I know they're all different, but give us one or two maybe. So one of the things I like about this build is we've actually not really done almost anything at bang on marathon pace. It's either started a little bit slower and getting quicker or all quicker with um, floats. So one of uh, one of the favourites is 3 by 10 k um, I did that both at altitude and back down here. So down uh, at sea level, it was start at just outside marathon pace, then a little bit under, and then essentially half marathon slash 10k pace for the final bit. Um, which is yeah, just just almost. Are you doing that like full? Are you doing that full recovery, or are you you jogging? So it's off like a four minute float. So floats. So say the paces on one of them would have been five oh sevens, five minutes, four fifty sevens with a five forty float or so. Five forty. Okay, so like forty, yeah, thirty to forty seconds slower than marathon pace, I suppose. Yeah. So still pretty solid. Um, that'd be, yeah, I suppose that's almost 33K of almost averaging close to marathon pace, is it not? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Some big volume. Um, so how are you recovering off the back of those? Are you are you pulling up sore on Tuesday? Because if I did that session at a weekend, I don't think I'd be able to hit some intense reps on a Tuesday. So it, Tuesday will be like 10 to 12K on the track. So you're not absolutely flying it round, but still decent volume. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've we found that I can kind of recover from those, not too bad. Um, and we'll do alternate. So like one week will be that much. Maybe the next week will be a little bit less. Um, yeah. Yeah, your powers of recovery must be pretty good. And I think you're, what, you're still fairly young, 28, 9? 29, yeah. 29, yeah, so still still the right side of 30, so able to recover better than, than, say, us old boys on the podcast. So you mentioned you went to Altitude this year. Is that the first time you've been to Altitude? Yeah, so this year, so I managed to get three trips this year, which um, is pretty good going. One was free work and the other two was just uh, just group first went. Um, obviously, my profession means I can work a bit out there as well, which is handy. Um but yeah, never done it before. Um, first time I did it um, was just sort of coming back from, it's about two months after Seville. So it was still in sort of base training. So it was quite a good experiment to see 
how I responded to it. Just did some like five and 10K a week. And then three weeks after I got back to kind of test because everyone has different times when they feel better when they get back. So test how I responded and then did a bigger block over summer and then another little block just before London. And I think you were out there before London with, with Phil Sessman. So were you two sort of mixing your sessions in so you could get some work together? Yeah, so he was he was with us in uh, over summer as well, um, just before the Europeans. Um, and we pretty much just, between our coaches, just made sure that we could do all the sessions together. I think people can try and be too specific, but there's actually not much difference between sessions. So and it's much easier to work with people. So we just chatted among ourselves and our coaches and, and made sure that if our session, like we worked together and did some of my sessions, did some of his sessions and yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're back home, obviously you haven't got the likes of, of Phil to train with. What other people have you got around your sort of pace that you can use in sessions? So especially for the track stuff, um, train with um nick Volko who ran 217 and matt dickinson who um did world 50k uh, 100k yeah. um and they they train pretty hard and absolutely smash the track sessions so there's no no sort of worry of being out on my own and for some of the marathon pace stuff or longer sessions phil or the um just got assistant coach guy called you saying we'll just jump on the bike just set it to a pace and then just gotta keep up with the bike basically Nice. And are you doing doing most of those around the likes of Battersea and places like that, or are you going out onto the Thames Path or what? So it's mostly Battersea. Um, we occasionally go to Brockwell Park. So it's got some hills in it. Um, and I think it's something we're going to try and do more of. Um, just uh, even though every marathon we're going to do is flat, but build strength and um, just yeah. change it up a little bit. I suppose yeah. Touching on strength, other than running. What else are you doing in your your week? Are you doing cross training in addition? Because I know that I know Steph and and Rose were sort of pretty big on cross training. Um, are you doing any of that, or are you doing any any weights or S and C? So I mean, I did want to add a bit of cross training in just to get a bit more volume, but I did I did one cycle. My hamstring was sore, so I just decided to not do any more ever again. And the key phrase to that is I did it once. Yeah. <laughs> That, that was a big enough sample for me. Um, and then try and get in the gym three times a week. So we generally go straight after sessions um, just because there's gym at training uh, at the track. Is that sort of weighted stuff three times a week or are you doing um, different stuff each time you go? So it's generally uh, a fair bit of like mobility type stuff and then sort of six or seven weighted exercises. Uh, I mean, I don't think you can tell, but I don't lift big weights. Um, <laughs> but just, I think that's one of the biggest things that's changed. I've actually managed to keep it up. Usually I do it for about two weeks and then give up. Something, something hurts. So I, it must be the gym. So I just suck it off. But I actually carried it on for the whole build this time, which uh, must have helped. When did you stop? Did you stop? Did you do it race week or did you stop the week before race week? So I did my final one, like lighter session a week before, and then a very light session the Tuesday of race week, I think. Yeah. So yeah, you are carrying it on. I think that's the main thing, isn't it? Just getting into your routine and doing it regularly rather than just doing it for two weeks and saying, that's it. 
um it does get easier doesn't it it is i mean also even if you run well you're never like oh it's the gym work but um it, it does it must do i mean there's enough research say it does do something so yeah um, and doing it straight after training is quite good because you're there and don't yeah. have to make excuses if you've got it at the track that's ideal i suppose so you've been running for quite a while since a pretty young age looking at some of the results you're never really at the sharp end of things back then uh, yeah i mean it's a nice way of saying i was quite shit for quite a long quite a few years <laughs> yeah but i thought i put in a, a better way so what's changed what what do you think changed in the last couple of years to take you from sort of that that general type club runner to to almost mixing it with the best in the country i mean definitely i'd say sort of five uh five six years ago i started taking it a lot more seriously like before i do 50 miles a week and think that that was really really working hard and um would still be out drinking um most of the weekends whereas um short story has basically got glandular fever missed like a year of running completely and thought right i need to actually if i i need to take this as seriously as i think i'm doing so um, that's when I started working with Nick Hansen, obviously coached you, um, and he got my training restructured and sort of turned me from, I think it was like a 76 minute um, for half marathon and within a couple of years was running sort of 66 minutes. So um, yeah, just pro- basically proper training, um, doing mileage um, and um, yeah, the other bits, eating well, not drinking as often. I suppose, you know, it's that consistency. You've not been injured in that that block of you, majorly. Not not majorly, no. I've had uh, one or two, um, but yeah, I've been been pretty lucky and um, make sure I get regular treatment and stuff to keep on top of things. So my we didn't didn't actually talk about mileage before. What what sort of mileage were you hitting in that marathon block? So this time I probably averaged about one hundred and ten miles a week um that'd be sort of blocks of three or four weeks at 110 or just over and then a, a, a lighter week usually either coincided with travel or race um which would be about 80 or 90 um but that's kind of built from when i did my first marathon to just about touching 100 and then slowly increasing it with each block so when, when you're altitude i think i saw phil was up to 140 wasn't he you, you must have let him go out the door for a few without you yeah i mean the uh so the first so the camp we did over summer i definitely dug myself into a bit of a hole by trying to keep up with phil's mileage i think i did like um 123 which included a, a full marathon a steady a steady pace so like i think we averaged 555s on a, a sort of relatively hilly course altitude um but yeah, that was too much, and I was I was pretty spent from that. So I kind of I've had to take it back a bit, and and let Phil was uh, let Phil chat about his mileage and do what he wants and sit at home instead. Yeah, good. Um, leave it to his dogs to get worn out. So, how long did that block last? You said it was quite a long block. Was it was it twelve weeks or was it more? I mean, I, I'd say I was pretty much marathon training from. Uh, I guess start of June. Um, That's why I'm doing a maths. So about is that four, 
June, July, August, September, four, four months. Yeah. So yes, probably what, 16 to 18 16 weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a fairly, fairly long build up, but it obviously works for you. Um, and you also mentioned over distance runs. So are you doing a few of those? What's they look like? Yes, I think my longest was 29 miles, of which the actual session was 26.2, um, obviously with, with floats and stuff. And then did the, the marathon run in, in Font, um, plus a, a couple of miles of warm-up. Um, and I think there was one more, maybe 27-mile run. So, yeah, about three over the build. That run in Font, where did you do the, the full marathon? Not around the lake, surely. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, there's, there's a... Have you been there? Have you been fun? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the big the ten mile loop. Yeah, well, mile loop. when I when I went, unfortunately, it was um, we we're in heavy snow, so you could only do the the sort of late perimeter, but just about sometimes even that was sometimes cut off. So um, yeah, I think you add on, don't you, into the forest a bit? Yeah, so there's another hill you you go up. So yeah, good fun. But yeah, it's it's not easy. I mean, I know it's not a top altitude down at the at the lake but um it's still tough around there because it's kind of gravelly isn't it in places and there's a few rolling type hills so what sort of pace were you hitting an effort rather than a pace around there yeah yeah so um yeah we, we were working to a steady effort i mean we all got carried away and it was a little bit quick but um because we were working pretty hard but yeah basically all the sessions up there were almost just taking into account an extra 10 15 seconds but yeah trying to work to a, a percentage as opposed to worrying about pace too much that wasn't was that the run which mo and abdi were on or was that a different one no it was a different one um that's one that phil did just before was it just you did you didn't do that one no, no. I, did, I did uh did do a couple of keep up with abdi for as long as possible sessions which were good fun but yeah, I think they potentially might have broken Kieran Kieran Walker who's up at the time. He did one a couple of weeks before London, and yeah, I think it potentially could have been his downfall. But there you go. Um, so now you've done two fourteen. What's next? A crack at one in the autumn, or are you going to wait a while? So we'll probably probably do another spring um, and try and. Yeah, I mean, I reckon probably London. I think quite a few other guys are doing it. So try and feature on the top Brits again. And then... Don't say another marathon in the autumn when we're in the autumn. Got, I told you, at the start of this call, I had an absolute shocker. I think I must be sleep deprived. Anyway, so yeah, the spring. Yeah, the it's fine. It's fine. Fine, <laughs> answer, answer the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you answer the question, even though it's wrong. So yeah, London, is there anything you'll do differently next time around in the training block or are you going to leave that to filter sort out so we're not we're not really talked about it too much but but i think just kind of see if we can add in a bit more try a few double sessions a few more double sessions um and i'm going to go up to kenya i think uh, or do some sort of actually camp so yeah another block up there should uh, and also try and increase the some of the gym stuff because yeah i don't could probably work a little bit harder in there yeah, so Kenya, what are you going to look to go out there for a big block of training or is that going to be three, four weeks? Yeah, so probably, I think I'm going to try, if I can kind of make it work with uni and work, um, try and get six weeks in January. 
nice. And will there be others out there with you? Is, is Phil going out? And yeah, so Phil, Phil will be going out, um, and probably be a few others from our group, hopefully, and then try and try and rope a few others in. Yeah, nice. Um, cool. So the ultimate aim, I suppose, is to get as close to making a, a champs team as possible, is it? And um, just getting faster and faster. Worst well, thing, I've never never represented England or GB. Um, just been a target for quite a few years. So keep getting closer and then the <laughs> times keep getting quicker. So, um, yeah, just keep doing what I can and, and see how close we can get. Are you wearing what? What are you racing the marathon in? I know it's always a question that people like to ask us. What are you a Vaporfly man or Alpha Fly? Uh, yeah, so I didn't get on with the Alpha Flies. I got injured immediately from wearing them previously. So yeah, um, I go next percent. Because you've got a like me, you've got an in, you've got a very noticeable gait, haven't you? You've got like a again. That's... <laughs> You're trying to insult me without saying it. But yeah, yeah, my, my style is not worse, so I can't insult you. Um, just, I think it's it's good for people just to, to to know that you don't have to have this perfect, you know, running style and if, not everything's got to be like Kipchoge to be able to run well, is it? You know, you can make your own style work for you. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm a non-responder to carbon, so I'm just running well despite them. Yeah, use that one. That's what Josh uses. Yeah, yeah it's like what Josh is. No, all the best, all the best, mate. And I, I, I really hope you, yeah, can can go even faster at the next attempt, and hopefully see you in a in a GB vest or at least an England vest soon, because you definitely deserve that um, incredible run at London. And and thanks for for giving us your time today. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Cool. Cheers. Cheers. I'm out.